Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, this edition of Winchester Radio. Uh, tonight's episode discussion is about Beyond the Mat. It is episode 15 of season 11. We are over halfway with the season, 23 ups total. Um, we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now. Next new app will be March 23rd, I believe. And if you check our website, you can find the description if you don't mind spoilers, uh, winchesterbros.com. I think it was posted today. I think I read the link today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yes, yes. And ah, yesterday. <laughs> the days are just running together. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I, I won't spoil it. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, it looks like such a great episode. I can't wait because you know why. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, I know. I'm probably looking forward to this episode more than I have uh, any episode in a long, long time. I know. Next, and that is the next one. one. Not this crowd. Yeah. Hey, Vinny. The next one. <laughs> episode of hey, Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, yay, Vinny. Wait, yep, episode of what? What are we looking forward to? What's going on? Why are we excited? The the next <laughs> new episode. The what? The next new the episode, next episode of March Supernatural? <laughs> oh, oh. I don't even, okay. I don't even know what the next episode is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying that we're we're coming back. We're uh, This is the last episode. We're on a mini hiatus. And I was saying how excited I was for the episode that um, is coming up. When Supernatural returns on March 23rd, and we didn't want to spoil it just yet, so we were saying how excited uh, we were. Go back. <laughs> because because I don't watch every episode anymore, I lose track of which ones are coming up and which ones are aired, and I have to go back if and look you at know, what we You know, if you know what, who my favorite is, you know what, why I'm looking forward to the next one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, now I remember. Okay. Yes. <laughs> There you okay. go. <laughs> I forgot that was the next ep- See, I just forget which episodes are coming because, yeah, I don't. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but we on hard eight height, so you could catch up if you want to. No, that's okay. I, no, that's all right. I can't even say that with a straight face. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That's uh, cute anyway. for now. Oh, honey, it's okay. Um, Precious. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. (laughs) (laughs) I I promise that we haven't been drinking, I I don't think, but maybe. I don't know. Anyway, beyond the that. I I was working, so no comment. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, the strongest thing I've got going right now is a Coke Zero. So, this episode tonight is the wrestling episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Written by John Brink, who's the writing assistant, I believe, in the office, and uh-huh. co-written by Andrew Dobb. Uh, yeah, and directed by and directed by Jerry Wanuck, who's always fantastic. 
And John Brings got a cameo in this episode as well. Oh, he does. I didn't know that. I he's right when they, uh, when they when they go to the bar um, and when the when they first show the bar scene, he's on the right of the screen, sitting at a little table. John Brings. Oh. And yeah, okay. I've only seen his Twitter picture, so I didn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. Like his avatar, but he's making like a really goofy kind of face in it. So. <laughs> and like you said, Cliff is in it, looking very spiffy. Yes, like yeah, wrecking indeed. ball, right? Wrecking ball. Wrecking ball, Calhoun. Calhoun. Yep, Either that would be him. Great. And uh, Alex Panovich making his third appearance in Supernatural. Love Alex Panovich. Yes. In my opinion, he was. In my opinion, he was the star of this episode. He rocked it. Okay, you need to back up. You need to back up. Back up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Your guy, the Miz guy. Yes. The only reason I watched this episode was Mike the Miz. That's it. But he wasn't in it very much. He I was had, I was surprised he like that, that he wasn't scenes. in it as well. well. He had I was I knew he wouldn't beat him very much, but I really liked the last scene with him where he was um all tortured and stuff. And I really liked his uh the the monologue about heaven and hell and I really enjoyed it him. Too. I'm yes, obviously I he was my great. biased. But <laughs> Well, I'm not a wrestling fan, so I had absolutely no idea. Oh. Um, um, about oh, him my. as a as a real wrestler, and I thought re- he did a he did a great job. I really liked him. Well, he I was said, on the real I, world. Yeah, I agree. He was on the real world. He was on the and real again, world. And when he was on not the real, real world, world either. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he well, no, I'm saying when he was on the real world, he kept saying that he wanted to be a professional wrestler, and he already had his name, The Miz, and everything. And everyone makes fun of him, and they were like, "You're never gonna make it, dude. You suck." And he was like, no, but I really mm. love wrestling. Like, he would try, so, and there, everyone was like, no, you're too small, you're too this, you're too that. And then, like, he disappeared for a long time. It's not like he went straight into wrestling because of the real world, no. He disappeared for a while, and then all of a sudden, he was an actual wrestler. Growing up, I was a big real world fan. Like, I watched almost every real world I watched them all until, like, the Vegas one, and I started getting a little spottier about it. But, like, real world was my jam. Mm. Okay. I thought he Talking did a terrific him. job. Yeah. I have to, I did he, he did die a great job. in this episode? Huh? I wasn't sure. Did he die in this episode? I'm assuming he did. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't sure. Okay. Because they show, you know, well, they he's... cut, you know, they cut, they cut his Achilles they heel. They carved him up. Then carved him up, so I assumed he was dead, laying there all cut up. But uh, especially since Sam and Dean left without like carrying him out or anything, I assumed he was dead. But they never really. I assume because they didn't, because they didn't take him. I assumed he was right. dead. But I do think that uh, whether it was, well, no, I get. In my opinion, like directing wise, it was not clear enough. Yes, I mm. completely agree. I, I wasn't sure either. And I could maybe I missed it because I've only watched it twice. But did they ever say what the point of the carving was? Why were they carving? Oh, I'm not the only one. I had no idea what they were doing. No, with that. they didn't. And I assumed it was because he was 
maybe maybe it was to keep the souls like because he said it was a nest egg so maybe it was to keep them from going i don't i'm to be honest going to hell was he saving the souls yeah. for banking the souls <laughs> i'm gonna be like, honest not as literally much of, as okay. much of a wrestling fan as i used to be because i really loved wrestling growing up and I really like Alex Ponovich, and I really like Mike Demez. I really was really disappointed in this episode in terms of a script. I felt like you could really tell which parts were written by John Bring, and you could really tell which parts were written by Andrew Dobb. It, didn't, it felt like two people wrote this episode. It did not feel. For anybody who's ever read, if you've ever read The Talisman by... Um, Stephen King, and What's-His-Face that I can't remember right now. He also wrote Coco. Anyway, if you've ever read that book, it literally feels like every chapter is a, and you can tell which one is which. That's how this episode felt to me. The acting was fantastic by everybody in it. It's just, they, <laughs> there were so many thoughts <laughs> in the... And you're old. Okay, sorry. Oh, I did not mean that. I'm so sorry. Did you just call me old? No, I said I did not mean that. I'm so sorry. What? I didn't mean to laugh when you. I didn't. I didn't mean to laugh when you said the acting was so good in the episode. The acting was fantastic. I, it, the script had left. It had too many holes. And I'm like, I don't great. know what was going on. I don't know what the purpose of that was. And you know, they there were things that needed to be explained either in the script or directing wise that was not explained. I, 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 I agree with half of that. I, I still like back back why they're being carved up with the Sumerian symbols. And, okay, so Duke and Crossroads demon. And ten years ago, he made the deal on behalf of, of Gunner. And then he made... To, to to be the champ and he and he said he was dumb, right? So he only got to be champ for a week. So okay. And then Duke was using him as what? <laughs> I I I know he was like killing was he killing them? And but why? Did the father I, of the kid that was killed make a deal? Did the other wrestler make a deal? No, I, yeah, they I did. Because I they got understand. So they refused to make a deal? Why was like, he I couldn't understand if the Sumerian. Was... Well, I don't understand. Was this like okay? The whole point was, if he could get souls, then he didn't have to give up his soul, right? Did I understand that right? Because as soon as he killed thought... the crossroads yeah. demon, and the then the hellhounds came for him. But then right. when that when there's a line in the episode where they said where he asked, Dean asked him that and he was like, No, that's not it. So I and I I will admit I've only watched the episode once, so I thought maybe I was missing something. No. I watched but it, I'm I, so I watched glad it that everybody twice like, and I'm still confused. Yeah, yeah I watched I, it I once. I don't like get I that. sat and watched it once and then I had it on like as audio in the background like another halfish time. Um mm-hmm. I thought I was just not catching something. Like, I thought maybe I just didn't have the attention span for this episode, but I feel better knowing that it apparently wasn't just me. But, no. yeah, I was I was confused as Sumerian. I was confused as to, like, are they telling me that Gunnar Lawless's t- 10 years was actually up, but he was 
pushing it by delivering souls? And if so, I was how was he choosing who he delivered? Like, why that? Why the father of that kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. I, I I want specifically my second time to find out why they killed that guy, and I still have no idea. Yeah, I, I can don't know understand what they were like for. the. Well, I, like I don't want to say I can understand, but like I, in terms of storytelling, air quote, I can understand the first wrestler, the hangman, because you know he was older, he was a loose cannon, a drunk. Okay, I get, and like Gunnar Lawless knew him, and like sacrificed him essentially. But I didn't understand the mm-hmm. father of the of the kid. I did not get that. Yeah. Uh, and and how about the people like, in the other towns? There were people in other yeah. towns, and I think they were at least one or two of them were also wrestlers because Rio said she'd been putting too many of her guys in the ground lately. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a couple. But but I also think he was killing other people that were not anything to do with the wrestling, top-notch wrestling in the group. So, uh, yeah, again, I don't understand the Sumerian carving, and I don't or, understand what Duke was doing by having Gunner, Gunner kill these. And, and, well, they what gave, I didn't okay, understand so Duke gave, Okay. <laughs> I know, it's like, I have another question, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I didn't, I, okay. My other thing I didn't understand was, okay, so... It was Gunnar Lawless who was choosing the other victims, right? So then how come when he told the Crossroads demon that, I forgot the character's name, the Miz was just a kid, which is kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. a little on the, on the nose. There was a lot of on the nose lies in this episode. Really, really animals, but I mean, we're used to that in these latter seasons. Um so like, I don't understand who was actually picking the victims, the demon or Gunnar Lawless. I thought it was, I thought it was the demon. That that was the other thing. I, I wondered. So so they they bring in Harley for, and they tie him up, and he offers him a deal. And when he refuses the deal, that's when they kill him and carve him up. So if he offers somebody a deal and they refuse, that's why they get killed. And then, and then so does he take like their soul made... anyway? And if so, then why are you offering them deals? And because if it, makes it, it, it makes it feel like there was no time to... There was no time to offer the kid's dad a deal because he went out to pee in the alley, boom, he's dead. So you know, right. there was no time to offer him a deal. <laughs> yeah, and we have like, no... Unless I, there I was something cut... I don't understand the, the nest egg thing because, okay, if you're offering deals and you're going to collect in 10 years, then I understand building a nest egg. But if you're killing them anyway, like, are there Sumerian symbols so that you get the soul anyway? And if so, why are you offering deals? I don't understand. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, I'm well, glad it wasn't I me because I'm going to kill you and send your soul to hell. Get it. I genuinely thought it was just me who didn't get it. I felt like, whoa. <laughs> okay, I feel yeah. so much better right now. Yeah, no, and then and then, then um, <laughs> Well, I know, it's confusing me. I wonder if there's a scene, there are scene or scenes missing and that maybe explained why the father was killed because, you know, he wasn't the greatest parent he wasn't the worst either but it wasn't the greatest you know two <laughs> two pints of beer 
and your kid is a wrestling match, but um, not that terrible. But anyway, certainly yeah, not why, murder. Why? What did he? Yeah, it's like no, no reason for it. Not, not at all. Um, child services, maybe yes. Murder, probably not. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. And then, okay, so there was a scene with Calcifer in in hell, and all the little minions are running around, and he says it's ABC, always be closing. So is Lucifer demanding more souls than they can meet? So he's trying to just, okay, you won't, you won't take. But yeah, again, why take a deal in ten but years? Which makes no sense. Souls, which no. makes no sense no, because we've mm-hmm. learned, yeah. we've learned that in Crowley's reign, they're up like I forget how many hundreds percentages of soul retrieval. Per, there was an episode that basically said Crowley's the best, you know, manager of hell ever in terms of soul. Right. So yeah, I don't understand. Why does Lucifer care? Why does Lucifer care? Yeah, see, this Lucifer, so this Lucifer genuinely makes no sense. This, the writing of <laughs> Lucifer right now makes no sense. And I say that as someone who has not really watched the episodes, so whatever. But I've seen gifts. I don't understand. <laughs> what is the point of you? Literally, <laughs> why are you here? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all why it had to be Lucifer. They could have made somebody up because they're not even writing Lucifer correctly. Because they're writing Lucifer like the Lucifer that we saw in season seven, who was not actually Lucifer. He was a hallucination. The actual Lucifer we've seen in season five is not who they're writing now. Also, why did, why did that vessel bleed? I don't understand why Cass bleeds. Why does that body bleed? Don't they all? bleed. He's not. He's, don't they all? He's not a vessel he's anymore. He's bled before. Cass steals blood I, before. I know, I, I know. I've had this problem for a while. I've just, I always forget to mention it. I don't understand. And he's not technically a vessel anymore. But the body he is just still is. a body, so the body will bleed. Well, and I don't, so it I just feels like because there's like an angel should. inside. Yeah, well, it's still like made it of flesh and bone and still made of flesh and bone and blood and everything. So you cut it, it's going to mm-hmm. bleed. So I have no okay, problem with that. Okay, but then we've seen when they cut angels and they don't bleed when they're in a human vessel, but Cass's vessel always bleeds. I don't understand. I think it's we've dumb. Seen other, we've seen other angels bleed too. I know, but sometimes they don't bleed. And if any vessel is not going to bleed, it should be that one. Sometimes, like, they, they take an angel blade and, like, slice real thin and you just get light, but no blood. But this vessel always bleeds, and I don't understand it. It's the one vessel that should never bleed. I need a rule. Give me an angel bleeding rule. I need, I need a rule, because it's been bothering me for a long time. And also, right I, I think, I, I think he's playing loose for fantastic. I, I... My, uh, I didn't uh, like say I was saying earlier. I didn't. Oh, no, I think he's I, doing I, like I, season five. I think he's doing I Lucifer don't. as Lu- the Lucifer that I've all that I've always seen on the show. I think he's playing mm. it perfectly. I think he's doing Mark Pellegrino spot on. I understand if you don't agree. No, um, you're my opinion, opinion, and I will keep my opinion to myself. Right, exactly. No, no, no. You say your opinion. <laughs> This is America. Yeah. <laughs> you say what you <laughs> you say your opinion. I'm laughing because you're like exactly. No wait. 
<laughs> That's right. You shut up. Well, don't wait. Don't no, go ahead and talk. <laughs> no. I, I, you know, if, if we don't agree, that's, who cares? We're grown-ups. We can talk about things and not agree. So, I think I think the either the whether it's the acting, the directing, or a combination of both, I think it's extremely inconsistent. Um, I don't know if it's just because Mark Pellegrino's face works a certain way, but those expressions don't read the same way on on someone else's face. And I think I 100% that that I do agree with because Misha's trying and and you got to give him props. He's trying to do the funny faces that Mark Pellegrino always makes. Mark Pellegrino has specific. He has very but when Mark does it, facial inflections that he does, as, and well, I think when exactly when Mark because there's two different a little people. More subtle. Yeah, maybe when, yeah. maybe this is what it is. This is what it is for me. It's the same expression with a different, a different, a different tone. I suppose the word I want. So like I feel like I, yeah like I, I feel agree. like Mark okay that's what it is I know it I know what it is and it is it is what he's doing and I I get it I do get it is that for Mark it is Mark's face for Misha it's Misha making his face do what Mark's face does so exactly it's, yeah it's like if I ha- like I have my own verbal tics I have my own you know body language movements, and if somebody else comes in and tries to mimic it, it looks like mimicry. It's not natural. And that's what it is. Versus, I think, and I think it's a, I think it's a little unfair for Misha to have to do that. I think what they should have done is what Jared did, or what Jared was either he chose to do or was told to do, which was to take the character and, and make him his own. So if you look at the end... Or if you look at Swan Song, Jared isn't playing. It's the same words, like the 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 writing is the same for Lucifer, but the delivery is different. And I guess that for Jared it was a little different because, as he said, he was playing the Lucifer that would have like that would be at home versus the Lucifer that was squatty. So, like, I get where he was able to come at it from a different perspective versus Misha doesn't really have that luxury because Cass's vessel is not Lucifer's um, true vessel. But I think being that he's an angel, he could have put a spin on the fact that it's not a human vessel and they could have done something with that. And so I do think it's a director and a writer issue as well. And I think it's unfair to put Misha in that spot to try to mimic somebody versus play, mimic an actor versus play a character. Does that make sense? Yes. That's, mm-hmm. what, and that's what I'm, that's, yes, he's mimicking an actor, I, not playing I a character. There we go. I can put, yeah, I completely agree with that with, uh, when it comes to his face. You can tell that he's trying to make the same faces that Mark Pellegrino does. But yeah, yeah I completely agree with just, that. They just don't look right. It's, and, and it's, it's, it's my, I can equate it to you know, if you have you watch Doctor Who, if you have somebody watches Doctor Who, but it's a different doctor every couple of years. And as a result, what they do is every doctor has their own little like catchphrase or whatever, and or their own little like body quirk, and you don't really have the other 
doctor do exactly like, you know, 11 was far more frenetic than 9. It's still the same character, though. And there's still nuances of the same being, but it's not exactly the same. Where you have, where 11 used Geronimo as a catchphrase, the one time that you have 12 do it, he doesn't say it exactly the way 11 would. So they're playing a character versus playing an actor. When I was watching, rewatching today, I was thinking, why doesn't Cassifer change his clothes? Because, you know, he doesn't really care about the way Cassiel would dress. I was thinking because this would be a funny chance for me to wear something different. But then I, it hit me that uh, Lucifer even, you know, he always, the first time we saw Lucifer and he had possessed the body of Nick, he still wore that same green shirt, you know, and jeans. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, yeah. you know, so I, he never, I have, he never really changed his clothes. Yeah, I'm of two minds. At first it made sense because he, like, he was hiding that he was Lucifer. So I get that. But I think also, like, I don't think Lucifer cares. I don't think it even occurs to him that he's wearing clothes. Mm, yeah, I got the feeling he just doesn't so care. I can, I, I can yeah. kind of fan link it in that perspective. I mean, yeah, he loosened his tie or whatever, which is kind of just, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about little things like that. I think they're kind of, and not just for Supernatural, just in general in TV, it's that it's the same idea of oh you're evil because you have a mustache oh oh you're <laughs> evil because you loosened your tie oh I get it now I think that's insulting of your audience um but whatever uh it is what it is and it's not it's not something unique to supernatural it's something you know every movie or television show tends to do so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna nitpick on it or harp on it but I do think <clears throat> in general it's a lame thing that TV does whether it's the director or the writer, that I think it's insulting to your audience to be like, let me give you this one, you know, physical indicator so that you know you're looking at the mirror version of some baby. Meh, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Probably but, goes back to the mirror, mirror I, episode of Star Trek where all the mirror, all the mirror universe characters all have a goatee. Yeah. <laughs> so so that you, you could, could tell, tell the difference. And they were all bad um, and, and uh, it was a very different Star Trek universe, and maybe it goes from there. Personally, maybe I see. I, I, yeah, I mean, tropes become tropes for a reason. You know, there's always the first person. There's always the first writer who mm-hmm. does it, and then you know it becomes you know you know the first person who gave a female character raven hair and violet eyes. It was unique that one time. Now it's a Mary Sue. Yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh. Oh, um, one thing I wanted to say was I was so glad to see that um, staff of Aaron or whatever as a hand of God because I feel so much better now about the submarine episode because remember I was so upset because it seemed like that whole hand of God thing in that episode was pointless. Mm-hmm. No reason to have it there. I mean, and technically yet, wasn't episode, it still pointless? I didn't watch the episode, well, but I'm going to ask anyway. I mean, no, I guess that's episode, mean, but even with that, isn't it? wasn't it still kind of like 42 minutes to just make that point a week later, really? Well, see, this episode has the staff of Aaron, which is a hand of God, and we saw that it quickly lost power after one use. So, there's single two use. in a row, basically, that single use there's hand single of God. Use. So that makes me think that mm-hmm. there will be another one. No, and no, I agree. Not to use it up. And I'm hoping, I like this fan theory I saw on Twitter 
yesterday or the day before, or whatever, that it'll be the Samulet, which I think would be very mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Because we know you can use the amulet to find God, so it's not mm-hmm. um, um, unheard of that it could be related. So, I'd be very happy with that. That's what yeah, I would just like to see that's it. The storyline I hated the most for so many years was the, was the Samulet being like a god locator. So if they do that, I'm going to be so annoyed because I hated that storyline so much. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. So much. So much. Um, yeah. One, one of the worst things Eric Kripke did in his reign, and I love Eric Kripke, Lord knows I do, but man was not a, not a flawless planner, that's for sure. Anyway, um... But no, like I, I, I didn't watch the submarine episode, so I, I'm, at, I was genuinely asking, like, was it worth 42 minutes of setup to have 30 seconds to show it this episode? I'm genuinely asking. I'm not. It was a very good episode. Genuinely asking. It was a really good episode. It was a very good episode. Totally worth watching. Um, it's just that I was disappointed that it was had no that it basically. When you when you watch episodes, you realize there's no point to it because they use up the hand of God before they even get back with it. So mm. I was like, what was the point of the episode? They went there and they did nothing. But I'm guessing that it's to show they got this knowledge of this hand of God that they're that that's basically what they're going to use to defeat Amara. That these hands mm. of God exist. Yeah, likely. It also seems like the hand of the, well, we've only seen two, but they have varying amounts of God's power because the one with Delphine in the submarine took out an entire submarine and a, mm-hmm. a, a battleship, and this one knocked over a minion and, an eight and, a, and Lucifer. And well, it didn't knock her over. It disintegrated her. Yeah, but it was still nothing like the power we saw in, in the other episode in the vessel. And, right, and, so and like, each like hand that, of God like that has hand of different God, powers. Yeah, that hand of God. I have, a, I have a feeling that that's not even going to come into Everybody. play. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, this is the stronger hand of God. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't think so. They might need more than one hand of God, but I don't think it'll be like one uber powerful hand of God. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. They might be like, oh, it's a stimulant and it's the most powerful hand of God ever. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess we will see. Um, but yeah, like this episode, I thought it was, I thought it was okay, but I thought it was confusing. I just thought it was. I really, I really liked the idea of like Sam and Dean because you know we had, you know, previous episodes where, you know, and actually it was an, an Andrew Dobb episode the first time we get this, you know, of them going to football games or um, football baseball games or watching the stars, like things like that. And this is actually us getting to see that as them being at the wrestling match, like having a good time. And like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I dig that. I love that. I, I love that so much. I love, it was so yeah, great I love to see them happy. So begrudging about it at first and then being totally into it. Like, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I'm a sucker for a good brother moment. Like, let's be real. I'm a sucker for that. 
So, mm. you know, the, those those scenes of them watching the the match and getting really into it and um I have mixed feelings always enjoying about each like, other smacking each other and, and uh, just, yeah, just everything and and yeah, I just I just loved it. It was it was nice to see and gave them a little bit of a break. You know, I I I not sure exactly. Like I'm not I don't have a problem with the Dean characterization this episode. Just one of those things where, like, I don't understand quite this aspect of Dean they give where he, like, freaks out and regresses. But I don't mind it. I don't get it, really. But I don't mind it. I like it. It's cute. Yeah, that that was my favorite part of the whole episode was watching Sam and Dean have fun for a change. And I don't know if you saw the videos that I tweeted from NASHCON um, last weekend. But Jensen talked about the um, scene where he did the, where he was playing around in the cage. What do you call it? Ring. Ring, Ring, yes. The ring. And, and like, you know, they only filmed it once, but the um, editor edited to make it look like it, you know, he falls into the ring more than once. But he he actually asked the Miz what he should do and how he should act in the in the ring, and the Miz is telling him, let's, let's, you know, let's do a bit of a Ric Flair, and we'll add in some Randy Macho Man Savage, and so that's what Jensen was doing. He was doing Ric Flair with added Macho mm-hmm. Man Savage in there. So, the the okay. Ric Flair totally makes sense. I see a lot of Nature Boy now. I get it. I get it. Okay. <laughs> I loved how when he was by himself, he rolled into the ring like you know, beautifully and gracefully and got right to his feet and did everything. And then, then after when Rio catches him, you know, he just kind of spins and around how, and falls down. And he's like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> you know how I interpreted that scene? Not so much that he was actually really smooth when he was doing it alone, but just that in his head, he thought he was. Yeah, yeah. That like, oh, he yeah. thought he was doing, he thought he looked super cool. He thought he was doing everything right, but, like, no. No. <laughs> no. It's like those memes where it says, you know, it's like it's like a, like a stormtrooper and, like, this is what my mother thinks I look like. This is what I think I look like. This is, yeah. you know, what my friends yeah, think exactly. I look like. You know, yeah, exactly. That's how I interpreted it. So that was kind of, like, fun for me. I also, this is a, a really weird disappointment for me to have, but I have this disappointment. I'm upset mm-hmm. that Sam didn't get to hook up with Rio. Because if I was Rio and Sam Winchester walked up to me and was like, I had a crush on you. Like, really now? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he had the time. Me, she totally <laughs> flirted with him and then nothing. I don't understand. Why, why can't Sam have nice things? I love he that um, he was the one who had her poster above his bed and everything. I love that it was Sam instead of Dean. Now, I saw the – I didn't actually quite quite think of it when I was watching. I was just enjoying everything. But, but it was pointed out more than once that where did Sam hang the poster because they went from motel to motel to motel. Did he hang it, take it down, hang it up, take it down? But I think they settled for No, but it's, just, yeah, it's established that they settled it for time frames. You know, obviously yeah. they did if, you know, Sam played soccer and, you know, was a mass lead and got mm-hmm. to do plays and things like that. And Dean works. Yeah. So it's a couple of time. And, yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't I, I I think twice. I've always assumed, just because, you know, the way the law works, that mm-hmm. John, that what John did was 
enroll them for a semester of school, and then on a break, move them, re-enroll them, on a break, move them, re-enroll them, so that he didn't get in trouble mm-hmm. with, like, child protective services. You have to have your kids yeah. enrolled when they're, well, in Texas, if they're 17 mm-hmm. or younger. Yeah. From age they got 4 to 17, older. you have to be enrolled. And then Sam would be at a place probably on his own for a while by while both Dean and John were out hunting. So he would be parked in place for a while. Maybe right, which is also kind of a comfort. It. Yeah, it was like a, like a comfort. You know, like, it's like, well, we move from town to town, but at least I have my Rio poster, you know. And, and well, and it's that's like you need those little thing. things no, like that makes you feel at home. Yeah, it's not like he was clinging to, like, a giant armoire. It's something <laughs> that he can easily, like, pull off the wall and be like, this is still mine. Roll it up, put it in his knapsack, put yeah. it in a duffel, and be like, "This is my thing." And so, like, I kind of like and the how idea long would of having this. Like, yeah. I mean, I know. And how long? Probably a year, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But how long would he have had it? Probably not that long. You know, you move on to yeah. other things or whatever. So I didn't, I didn't think it was that big a deal. I mean, I got no, a kick it, out it, of that, I but I didn't find it odd that that he had it over his bed because he, you know. <laughs> anyway. I mean, yeah, the the over the bed part, I was like, I always, I know what people mean when they say over the bed. They mean at the head, the like, at the headboard, like behind yeah. the bed. But when you say over, were the you bed, thinking ceiling? Your brain thinks ceiling, ceiling, and I'm like, you're a perv, <laughs> Sam Winchester. But like, I know what they mean. I, I'm just one of those like, like those <laughs> phrases that's always kind of made me go, what? Okay, never. Mm. Yeah, and I could totally see him about it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I could totally see him about like his crush and stuff like that as a kid. Oh yeah, of course. And and you know, I grew up with a lot of guys that yeah, they weren't so much like into the girls that like came out and put the numbers up in the wrestling matches. When we used to watch wrestling when I was, you know, an adolescent and a teenager. It was the other wrestlers or like the managers that all my guy friends liked. So I kind of liked that, like, that had the wherewithal to to go with that, and it wasn't, like, the chick bringing out the number to call the the round. I kind of liked that. Um, and I liked that she flirted with him. I just, why didn't, why not? Why can't Sam Winchester have nice things? Or nice mm. Because she was also nice. Yeah. Did she both? She, and she didn't say that she had any had a boyfriend or a husband even. No, or she totally flirted anything. with him after she announced that. After she announced the, mm-hmm. she the waved fight, at him and yeah. she walked past in that really hot corset. She she was flirting. She was flirting. Was there time? Yes, the sand was recent. There was until, the cave. There was she, a lot going on. I'm gonna maintain the head cannon that Sam did get to hook up with her, and that's why she flirted with him when she walked by. He just didn't want to admit it to me mm-hmm. at that moment, because well, he's a gentleman. I'm going to maintain that head and no one can take it from me. <laughs> I, You know, I'd have no problem with it. Like I said, she's pretty, she was Excellent. nice. Why not? He's he's made poorer choices. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a uh, Let's go with Rio. <laughs> and and hey, the case is over. Classic choice. Yeah. Um, hey, the case is over. Maybe they'll top notch wrestling will come to Kansas. Who knows? That would be nice. So, hmm. 
Oh, Dean mentions that his first B&E was to get pay-per-view to be able to watch the wrestling. I'm like, I don't think so. I I didn't understand that for a lot of reasons. One, do you mean that you snuck into someone's house and ordered the fight? Or do you mean that, like, you routed it to where you were staying? Because I don't feel like routing it is breaking and entering. That's called, I mean, I'm pretty no. sure legally it has a different term. But also, like, how did they catch you then? Like, I'm confused. I think he must have broke, because B&E is breaking and entering, so he must have yeah. broken into somebody's house to order the pay-per-view to watch to watch the match. And I because, well, you know, if he, like, he know pirates sure the signal that, like, or something... I Especially did. in that would have been what, 1988? 89? 89. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think you could easily pirate a signal back then. <laughs> you need like, like they have pay per view then? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, hey, I had pay per view then. I, I had pay per view as a kid. My dad used to let me order cartoons when I was a kid. And I don't want to know mm-hmm. what he ordered. What, I don't want to know why we had pay per view. I don't want to know. I don't care. <laughs> Not, no, no. But I know that I was well, allowed once a month to order a cartoon mm-hmm. movie when well, I was a kid. Pay-per-view then was probably uh-huh. a lot like it is now with, with boxing, special boxing matches and stuff. So let's yeah, go with that was, for your was, dad. But it was, yeah. Yeah, it was this little box yeah. that you had to have. And then uh, mm-hmm. my boyfriend in high school yeah. had one too, but they had theirs... Um, don't know what the politically correct term for it is. I know what we called it. I'm not going to say it on air. Um, but he had it, I guess the equivalent of jailbreak, like when you jailbreak a phone, that we could flip a switch mm-hmm. and we would uh, watch whatever we wanted uh, without it charging his dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Which, let's be real, you should never let a bunch of 15-year-olds know that they can do that when you're not home. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I'm quite traumatized by certain things as a result, but um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, I didn't understand the B and E thing. I thought it was a little, a little bit reaching to have that line. Yeah, or at least like not clear. Like it was a fun episode, but I don't think it was particularly uh, cohesive. But it was all mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, it was nice to see briefly Crowley come back to Crowley. Yeah. And, well, actually, he probably never. I don't think he ever left. You know. No, but here's my issue with that, and this goes back to something you, Susan, say quite often. Is mm-hmm. There are certain Uh-oh. characters that you feel just don't have a story anymore. Mm, and so I feel indeed. like like every every there's like several episodes where Crowley is like lame and wishy washy and does nothing and then he snaps out of it because he's Crowley. And then like mm. a couple episodes later we're back to where we were. Like didn't he already have a breakthrough last season? Yeah. That's right. I don't deny that. And so, I, well, I like when they, I like when they do it because Mark does it so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get, I don't 
Like it's, there's no story there. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. And I get why, because you can't have Crowley go too bad because then there's really no, I mean, there's still no excuse why Simon Dean hasn't killed him or why he hasn't killed them. There is literally no excuse anymore. However, if mm-hmm. you're really off the rails, there's like extra no excuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so the excuse Cass, with Cass, Cass is at least Cass is their friend. So there's no, yeah, there's no reason to, mm-hmm. for them to, for anyone to be actively trying to kill Cass off other than Crowley. So I get it with Cass. They don't have to finagle a reason why he, why no one's killing him like they do with Crowley, but it's still kind of like, why do you keep rebooting these characters every couple of episodes? Casper keeps the calling Crowley question. puppy. Yeah, calling yeah. him puppy. And it makes me think of Bad Willow from The Wish. <laughs> she calls <laughs> Angel the puppy. She was a lot scarier. So. Oh, she was. <laughs> About it. Oh, sorry. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> I mean, that whole puppy. I mean, actually, she really and, was. She was super creepy. Yes. Yeah. Those are two of my very favorite Buffy episodes ever. But anyway. Um, um, yeah, it, just, it just made me think of it. And also, I mean, I haven't read every single recap or review of this episode, but... I've read a few, and it's making me crazy that so far no one else recognizes that Casifer did Tommy Lee Jones' speech from The Fugitive. Search every farmhouse. Oh, I, I know. I thought that was her sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, yeah, I thought that was the first time. I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah. I, I have seen The Fugitive once when I was a kid. What happened? When was this? The check uh, every outhouse, doghouse. Yeah, you know, that whole line. Ten house and outhouse. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen The Fugitive since I was like, I don't know, 11, 12. I didn't catch it. It's a great movie. When he started saying that, I was like, is he going to do the whole thing? And then, yep, he did. Yeah. <laughs> and he should have, you know, a donut with sprinkles and get me donut some of those little sprinkles on it. Coffee. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Anyway. Anyway, um, you know, I'm not surprised that me and Sam have the biggest bottle of aspirin ever. Hmm? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, no, no, no. I'll skip what I was going to say. Don't worry about it. Not important. Oh. Well, this isn't that important either, but I'm not not surprised that Sam and Dean have a giant bottle of aspirin when they were tossing being tossed to Sam. <laughs> and Sam didn't even really have yeah, to ask for surprising. it. Like, Here you go. Have the aspirin. <laughs> they probably buy it at Costco. Very <laughs> yeah. really often. I like that it was like, okay, we open with, with Sam having a hangover, and then mid-episode we end up with Dean having a hangover. You all might have a drinking problem. I'm just going to put that out there with Sister <laughs> Brothers. You guys might need to dial that back. Um, well, you know, Dean did have to drink along with all the wrestlers in this episode to make sure nobody was. And I love that Rio <laughs> drank him under the table. Like, that pleases me yeah. greatly. Oh, now I'm thinking Rio yeah. could have both Sam and Dean. She could she could handle both of them, I think. That'd be fun. <laughs> but I don't <agree. laughs> 
Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> um, just wandered through. Um, I was really. This is this is kind of one of those things where I was like, "Ah, I was really bummed that the that the demon Simmons is that her name Simmons that she was double crossing Crowley." Simmons, Simmons. Simmons. Is that, wasn't that her name, mm-hmm. Simmons? Yeah. yeah. I was really Simmons. bummed mm-hmm. that she was double-crossing Crowley because I really liked her when she was on Crowley's side. I was into I it. Did. I was into Crowley was having a homie. Mm-hmm. And Crowley has a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and when and Crowley takes over hell again, because he will, y'all are screwed, mm-hmm. demons. Y'all are super screwed. Yeah. Crowley's I thought it was kind of funny that he said all the demons hate you, Crowley. And I'm like, really? Crowley R doesn't already know that? He likes that. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but I'm not an insult like, to Crowley. To choose, that's what I accomplished. If you have to choose between Crowley being your boss and Lucifer being your boss, I'd pick Crowley. Yeah. Like, you can't like either like one as your boss. But I would 100% choose Crowley. Yeah. He, he like, runs it like a business. <laughs> you know, Lucifer's nuts. <laughs> you know? God, he's yeah, like, I don't trust your ass. Millennia. <laughs> you ain't right. <laughs> yeah, you know, the boy ain't right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would just know. But I really I really liked <laughs> her up until, it, like, I did like the, I liked the double cross line. Like, I invented the double cross, literally. I perfected the double cross, literally. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I liked those two lines. I did, I did like them. Mm-hmm. Um. It says, mm-hmm. wasn't a bad episode, just wasn't, it was, what's one of my one of my favorite lines from 10 Things I Hate About You is, I know you can be overwhelmed, and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be wound? <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was just wound. I was just wound. I was in Europe. I was wound. Mm-hmm. I thought it, yeah, but I thought the last, like the last, one of the very last scenes, um, when the Hellhounds show up for Gunner, and that, I thought that was a really yeah, gorgeous was, scene. Yeah, I really, I really gorgeous. I liked, I really liked everything mm-hmm. from the time they're in the wherever they have. Mm-hmm. What was his name again? Harley? Warehouse, Harley? henhouse, outhouse. Maybe it's one of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wherever they had him, uh, all bloody on on the tarp, on the really stained tarp dubious stains on that tarp. But anyway, um, mm. those stains made me a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. Everything from that to, like, the end with those characters, I, I really did like. I liked the lighting. I liked the direction, except for mm-hmm. is Harley dead or not. I don't know. Uh, except for that. I do also, one other, like, little direction nitpick is – I think they should have made it a little more clear that Gunner was the only one hearing the Hellhounds because the first time I, w- I watched that scene, I thought, do Sam and Dean hear the Hellhounds too? Like, does Dean hear them too? Because Sam, Sam's like, what? And Dean says Hellhounds. And then the second mm-hmm. time, I, I rewound it because I was like, what? Mm-hmm. When I rewound it, I was like, oh, it's because Dean's like, can empathize. Like, he sympathizes with that because yeah. he's been yeah. through it. But I think I figured he just a little knew more the distinction in the yeah, mm-hmm. but I think there should have been a little more distinction in the directing because it wasn't clear to me as I was watching it. 
I ha- I literally went what and rewound it to make sure that like mm-hmm. I kind of rewound um, it in hopes it w- that I was wrong and I was wrong. But the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, why why can Dean hear it too? So I didn't think they heard it I, when I first watched it. I thought. Sam definitely seemed very clearly puzzled to me. And then Dean right. said hellhounds, and I didn't think he heard them. Maybe for a second I thought, no. well, he had heard them before, but I didn't yeah, think he like heard them. The, there was one second, and I I think what I would have done, <laughs> what I would have done with absolutely no directing under my belt and high school theater <laughs> but, um, and a couple, of, a couple of film classes in college, what I would have done is I would have had – a moment of Dean kind of looking at Gunnar Wallace a little more closely, like a little more scan in the face, just like maybe another second of that, because I mm-hmm. do think it was a little abrupt. But that's again, I'm being, I'm, I'm aware that I'm being nitpicky on that. I just coupled mm-hmm. with the, coupled with the fact that the what happened with Harley was unclear. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I would nitpick if that hadn't also been there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, and I also yeah, like Dean yeah. offering him the gun. Like, yeah. here. What were you going to say, Doc? You know, and, and what? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was going to say that ending scene there with Alex Panovich and Gunner and with the Hellhounds, that was what made me decide, yep, he's the star of the show. This is his episode. He's breaking my heart mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. was, whenever. It, it's the same with Bella's episode, Bella's last episode when she's hearing the hellhounds and she's on the phone with Dean. It's mm-hmm. like when you hear those hellhounds, your heart automatically drops. And, it does. And, you know, and I you, like you that get we didn't see them. Yes, me too. And it, it's like you, yeah. you automatically you feel terrible for the person, even if they might have done mm-hmm. bad things. Like Bella did bad mm-hmm. things. He did bad things. But you feel terrible mm-hmm. for them and you're scared for them, and it's a it's emotional every time, and it, mm-hmm. it got me in this scene too, and I thought it was great. Now it's kind of it's, he was just amazing in this episode. Yeah, he was terrific. Yeah. And I liked I liked. And one of the things amazing. I have to give Alex Ponovich, yeah, one of the things I have to give Alex Ponovich is I didn't watch this episode going, hey, aren't you the guy from like I already knew that he's been in other episodes because I just like Alex Ponovich, so I pay you know like. Mhm. He's one of those. He's one of those. I don't know. I guess it's probably because Becky and I actually saw him when we were eating once. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> we were at a cafe in Los Angeles, so she was like, "I think that's." I was like, "I think that's. I think it is too." And so, like, we tweeted like, "We think we see Alex Panovich at, at Earth Cafe," and he tweeted back like, "Yes, you do." And we're like, "Oh my god," um, which was really <laughs> cute. And this was, God, that was, what, like five years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time. So um, I don't even think he'd done the Shapeshifter Dog episode yet. No, I think at that time he'd only done Crossroad Blues. Yeah. Huh, go figure. Crazy. Um, So, yeah, so I, it's one of those, like, you just kind of, like, get these weird soft spots for certain people, and, like, he's one of them. Um. Plus, aren't him and Tom O'Pennicott really good friends? Yeah, they are. They're good friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, you just get, like, a soft spot for certain people. So, but I like that, like, I wasn't sitting there going, like, very, oh, very recite. Oh, well, that's true, too. He's 
big and pretty and he's so and in real life he's even prettier all you know i swear he is much prettier in real life and he's pretty on screen but he's still prettier in real life um so i think it i think it's like a, a, like my compliment to him is that i wasn't watching it going hey you're the guy from two other episodes they're recycling canadian actors it wasn't that kind of feeling it was like this is not like this wasn't his, a specific role but like you know, I think he did very well. I think the guest actors were great in this episode. From Alex Ponovich, who I did not look up who plays Rio, but I really liked her as well. Um, oh, I looked her up. Her name is Jackie. I can't, I can't pronounce, pronounce her, her last, last name. name. It's, it's Debatin or Debatin? D-E-B-A-T-I-N. Debatin. We're not sure. But I thought it was interesting La about her that she French? has her own I don't know. accounting. Yeah, she has her own accounting firm. And I thought, what an interesting combination, accountant, actor. <laughs> you know, I, I think she does, like, entertainment, you know, bookkeeping uh, or whatever. But how how odd. She has an accounting that's fun, though. She's an actress. <laughs> yeah. Talk about well-rounded, well, doing something that's very, very structured and then doing something that's artistic. That's cool. Yeah. And also probably no one would like ever you. cheat her on her pay cheater on her acting pay, you know, like like sometimes you hear actors get totally taken advantage of by their by their accountants or whatever, and that's never going to happen to her. <laughs> sure, she knows. Oh wow, she's had it for almost. She's had that firm for seventeen years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Very cool. Yep. And she's a pretty lady. She's a producer. She's got it all. Yay, go Jack. I'm glad she survived. Well. All right. Yes. <laughs> also, Team Jackie lives. Go Rio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, um, what did you think of the scene at, towards the beginning when Sam and Dean go to the wake and Dean gets all excited to see Gunner and he goes and says hello to him? This is redundant. And, oh, and boy, first of all, redundant. The whole going to a celebrity's funeral, I thought was weird because you know (laughs) it's like I you know (laughs) if I heard somebody you know that was that I used to like as a kid that was famous or whatever died and their funeral Mm -hmm. was a few hours away, a few days away, I forget however many they said. It's like I'd be like, oh, that's terrible, but I'm not getting in the car and going to the wake. And, you know, I didn't know them, you know, I think, you know, right. so I thought that was weird. Right. And then when he gets to the funeral and, and and he, you know, Dean was still very respectful and everything, but he's like being a total fanboy and Dean, Sam even calls him on it. And mm. I was like, this is not a place to be freaking out about people. We'll do it silently. Yeah, you know? I had two, I had two mm. reactions to it. One was redundant and the, the other one was inappropriate. Those were my two reactions to it. I know that everybody else thought it was super cute and funny and whatever, but I thought it was redundant because of changing channels. And I thought it was inappropriate because it's a stranger's wake. Mm. But I did like seeing Cliff in it, so I have to say I'm glad they had the scene <laughs> because Cliff looked very, very handsome in that scene. So it, it was it was cool. So. Well, it has but, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't, yeah, I was like, yeah, but I don't think he should have went to the funeral. <laughs> yeah, I was, it, no, yeah, I was I like, mm. 
However, there are fans out there who do that sort of thing. But so. that doesn't make it appropriate. So I, I no, I, like, it's not. <laughs> and you know what? I couldn't. That was I not. I would have meant as a, I would have condoning that behavior. I'm just saying it happens, but yeah, yeah, not good, not good at all. I think you can kind of. I would have kind of hand waved it in terms of them going, because, I mean, maybe if they would have gone and played it off a bit, but having Dean like fanboy out like that is what made me go, Mm-mm, no, no. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like it should, he should have held his composure. Like again, inappropriate. I mean, even Sam says like when he blurts out that Rio looks good, he's like, I'm so sorry. Like that was not the time. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like when he goes to see Gunner in the bar later, he could have said, well, I saw you at the wake and didn't want to say it then, but, you know, been a big fan, my first B&E, blah, blah, blah. So, but anyway. Um, looking through my notes. Um, it did not. I didn't care for the part of the scene where Crowley and Simmons are in Crowley's artifact room, collection room, um, and in the side, the, all the stuff that was in there, um, the upside down crucifix against the wall. I thought it was, I guess, appropriate well, for Crowley. Yeah, it's an upside down crucifix. I thought which, the painting was of course weird. is a satanic but the painting I of the painting of, weird um, too. Of Cro- I thought Crowley was poor when he's when he's a kid. And I'm sorry, you didn't have a portrait yeah, painted of you unless you had a ton of money at that time. Yeah, so and I, I Rowena hated him. Orphan. She wouldn't have had the painting. She wouldn't have had the painting made of him, right? No. And also Crowley what was had it painted later? Like when he was a grown up, an adult, and had money, and decided to have a paint older pictures. It did not happen when he was a little kid. Absolutely not. Yeah, well, I just thought it was. I thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. There was, well, I don't understand what the point of having it in the room and the point of Simmons pointing it out was. There was. Uh, I, didn't I think it's it just for fun. Yeah, I don't think it was anything important and. I, I, I like that the upside down crucifix was in there, and nobody pointed it out. But if you saw it, you know, of course, you recognize it as a as a satanic symbol oh. and a black mask thing and all that. So it makes sense for Crowley to stick it there like that. Speaking of Crowley, Mark Shepard made a really good comment. He had said it many several times throughout the weekend last week at the convention. Um, he kept saying the reason Crowley hates Rowena so much. Is because he is she is not Crowley's mother, she's Fergus's mother, and right. I thought that was so interesting how he was saying you know because you know Crowley hates Fergus, he hates that version mm-hmm. of him, he hates the human version, and because she is the human version's mother, that's why he hates her so much. I was like, oh, I, I oh, I wanted like do a whole psychological paper on this. I think that is so cool. And I mm-hmm. just thought that was just probably one of the most interesting interesting things I've ever heard at a convention. I loved it so much. One of the things I really enjoy about Mark Shepard is that he pays attention to his character very well. And mm-hmm. he thinks about his character and he doesn't just go in and say the lines. 
he's very in tune with who he's playing and what version of who he's playing. And I've always enjoyed, and I don't just mean in Supernatural, I mean in all the things he's ever done. You know, that Mark has his headcanons about his characters, but like not in a, not in a douchey method actor way. Nothing against method actors. I just think it's a little douchey sometimes, depending on the way you method act. Sometimes I think it's a little affected. Sometimes I get it. Whatever. I grew up around actors. I get it. Um, my cousin's ex-husband was a method actor, and it was super annoying because it just didn't feel genuine. Um, but I like that Mark, you know, gets his head cannons and he decides these things about his character that aren't necessarily spelled out. In the same way that, you know, as a viewer, we would deduce from the character, he does the same. I've always thought that was mm-hmm. really cool that he does that. Mm. And speaking so of Mark, we've got to um, send out a big congratulations to him and his wife, Sarah, on the birth of their new baby this week, Isabella Rose. Yes, yes. yes congratulations, finally. <laughs> Sarah must be yeah. very long <laughs> <in> labor <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, back to that scene. I was going to say I, I I thought it was just way uh, the the raw jokes were just too obvious, you know, and there were too many of them, you know. Can I touch it? I don't think you can handle my rod. And then Lucer Tassifer, who's obviously been eavesdropping, says, "Is it getting a little phallic in here?" Be like, "No, no, no! Okay. Black line through every line." <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I'm not 100% sure if it was the lines that bothered me or the deliveries. Delivery? Yeah. Yeah, because if you go back to season seven, which was literally one 23 episode dick joke, and it didn't Mm. get, it didn't feel like, (laughs) it was amusing. Mm-hmm. Because it was all in the it was all in the delivery. I think that's how you. In my opinion, there's nothing intelligent about a dick joke. There isn't. For a dick joke to work, <laughs> it's all about the delivery. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, it was like, uh, no, just no. <laughs> yeah, I particularly didn't like the the. Like, is it getting phallic in here? comment I don't know I didn't think I didn't think it'd be like Lucifer would would say it maybe I'm wrong I don't know just too obvious like you said maybe it's the delivery yeah I think it was different delivery that's one of the things I think like I said when they're not they're not writing Lucifer the same way I feel like Lucifer he's very it's much more of an entendre thing a double entendre thing than a blatant statement of something Mm-hmm. And I I feel like even when when they had Mark Pellegrino playing him, there were still a few you know where it was a subtle meaning that, and it makes it creepier. You know, like when he's calling when he's telling Sam about the bunk beds, that's a super creepy line because it's not mm-hmm. it's not blatant. It's it's the innuendo of it, and it just makes you feel so gross inside. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to make yeah. you feel gross inside, you know. Um, mm-hmm. because I'm not somebody who necessarily thinks that everything should be super sanitized if the intent is to make you feel a certain way. So if the intent mm-hmm. is to make you feel like Lucifer is that disgusting, then okay, 
you can give me a really a really terrible line like that that makes you just feel literally dirty. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the writing for Lucifer right now is so very on the nose. And so it's almost comedy elbows. <laughs> and I just don't get it. I don't get it. And then, like I said, when you have the actor doing an impression of an actor, not playing a character, it adds to, it adds almost a parody aspect to it. That's what it is. That's my issue. It all feels like a parody. Mm-hmm. I had to talk myself through my own therapy on this, <laughs> on this issue. <laughs> yes, it feels like a parody. It feels like, like, yeah. they're, not, like they're making fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, in my opinion, and I, I'm going to be, I'm, you know, I'm going to be fairly blunt. I feel like the the amount of seniority with this, with writing this show that Andrew Dobb has, um, and for all intents and purposes, he's, it appears that he's co-showrunning and set to become the next showrunner. I don't feel like there's any excuse for this. He's, the characterization should be flawless at this point for him. If he should be able to do it in his sleep. Mm. Yep. He's very hit and miss for me. Sometimes he, yeah, I, I feel like he does a great job, and then other times I'm like, ah. so yeah, I feel like there's episodes where I'm like, damn, that was amazing, that was beautiful, that was heartfelt, and there's episodes where I'm like, did you hit your head? Are you drunk? <laughs> It would explain There's a lot. episodes like this one where you don't even know if the guy is dead or not, and you don't know what the whole, what the main Why is there Sumerian? Right, and on, on one hand, you can Sumerian say, this is John Breen's first episode. On one hand, you can say that. However, the counterpoint to that is, one, he's a writer's assistant, so he should be on point in terms of things like that, because his job, one of his jobs is to make sure everyone else is doing their job. Mm-hmm. And two, he's co-writing with, like I said, for all intents and purposes, the second in command, poised to be the commander, who should be coaching him, should, who should be teaching him, who should help, be helping him hone this. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, this is... You know, it should just be more of a machine at this point, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. One thing I did like, speaking of writing, and it's not much words, but I liked it at the very end, the tag, when they're back in the bunker and Sam asks Dean, are you okay? He's asking that a lot. It's nice to hear. I love that brother stuff. And Dean says, instead of Dean lying and saying, I'm good, I'm good, he says, not even a little bit. And this is twice now that he's he's like run into these things and things have failed like the vessel he couldn't save anybody and then he had to walk away from Gunner so I, I thought that was a really nice kind of sad little scene um, I don't I like Dean's proclamation at the end of, of how they're going to hang in there and keep beating it but I'm I can't. I, I can't deal with the keep grinding. I wish it was a different word. <laughs> um, but I liked the rest of Dean's proclamation. Keep saying it enough, um, he'll believe it. 
not the grinding part, the other part. I keep, it just reminds me, it's like, stop, stop trying to make fetch happen. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, we got the grinding (laughs) line in the, in that, in the production promo. And even then, Mm -hmm. it's a little cheesy. But then having it in this episode be like such a like beat to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What I liked it. Trying to make that happen. I, I like the promo bit actually because it, as I recall, it was done as kind of a voiceover, and I thought if it was only for that right. promo and a kind of a voiceover and sort of a, you know like sort of floating over every other scene. I guess I I liked it then. I had no problem with it, but I thought it was a little like in my face for this one, but. I like and the here's the thing that's here's the thing that's funny. Um, I'm not going to call out their names because uh, I'm not going to do that. But I have some friends that you know we can like, kind of like try to guess what episodes they're going to do, and, like with minimal spoilers, just because we don't, none of us like only half of us watch the show anymore, and the other two don't really like the show anymore. So it's just kind of like this weird puzzle for us because it's like emotional detachment, and then like I have you know emotional attachment in other aspects like this, but when that producer promo came out, <laughs> we all went, ugh, that sounds like Andrew Dobbs writing. Mm. Which is hilarious because it was. Like, it was so funny that you can tell, like, even though, again, like I said earlier, you can literally tell which part Dobbs wrote versus what mm-hmm. part Spring wrote. And in that producer, uh, uh, in the production promo, we didn't even know what episode it was from yet. And we called mm-hmm. it, like, when that came out, I was like, we were all like, oh, that sounds like such a dog line. <laughs> so, you know, the ghost of tell, ghost of is how you, how you pick up nuances of, of different writers. But, um, yeah, it was just a little too, mm-hmm. a little too, like, let's make this line work. We're going to make it work. It didn't quite work. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I hate it, but it's like I'm like, Ugh. anyway. I, like I didn't hate it. I just thought said. it was kind of lame. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I just thought it was a little bit. Yeah. Lame. Anyway. Um. So overall, I I I, you know, I liked this episode. You said it's not like a classic. It has its puzzles, but there were some things to just you know kind of like okay, I'll push aside my confusion over Sumerian carvings, and just remember that. Sam and Dean just loved that wrestling match so much, and it was so much fun to see them having so much fun. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Um, the parts so I, I liked, I, I really I'm... liked, and the parts I didn't like were just, mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say I didn't yeah. like. They were just, there was nothing about this episode that genuinely annoyed me. It, mm-hmm. Not really. Like, I'm yeah. nothing about this so episode made, puzzles, gave, gave, like, yeah. the, gave me like the, the Vinny Rage. I didn't get Vinny Rage once in this episode. So for me, that's a winner. <laughs> yeah, like I guess so there's some things that puzzled me. Some things I was like, eh, a couple lines I didn't like. But overall, I, I did like it. I enjoyed it. I thought it, it just went right along, you know. Um, and there were a couple of really beautiful scenes, especially towards the end um, with the Hellhounds and Gunner. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how terrific um, – the Miz was, and uh, Gunner's Alex was fantastic. So yeah, it's a it's a win for me. Win enough. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think I'm guessing that 
wraps up the episode discussion. You guys have any other things to bring up or talk about with it? I don't think so. Becky, do you have any other news or things? I mean, we said congratulations to Mark and Sarah. Um, Anything else? Jared's, Jared's got another campaign going. Beautiful one. Oh, and yeah, he broke 10,000 in under 24 hours, which according to him is a record for this for like shirt sales. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so many campaigns and yeah. Still going. And check on. out his video. Check out his initial video for that. It's absolutely gorgeous and heartfelt and emotional and everything else a and always keep fighting support campaign video should be um, did you just put on sunglasses? I feel like you just put on a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Whoa. I did. Yeah. And I'm kind of fading kind of fading around here. So like <laughs> I <know. laughs> you can you can tell it's spring and the trees are growing their leaves back because got a little shady. Hey, I live in Florida. I live in Florida. My sunglasses <laughs> are never far away. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't. I don't even think. I don't even think the trees here in Texas lost their leaves this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, poor Becky. She's like, yeah, I got an ice storm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and it snowed. It snowed yesterday here. So shut up. Did go. it really? It was 83 degrees it here did. yesterday. It snowed yesterday. Oh, oh. I trade you the heartbeat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to um, shout out at Nashville Con and uh, several people who listen to our podcast a lot, and that was really cool. So I want to say hey to everybody, and especially mm-hmm. Kathy. I don't know if you're listening. Uh, met Kathy. She listens to us every week. She's very awesome. And so I want to say Yay. hi, Kathy. Hi. Thanks for listening. Hi. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Is that it. Are we good? So. Oh, all right. Um, Thanks everybody for listening tonight. Oh, good. Also, real quick, hold on, real quick. Mm-hmm. I will be in Vegas. Uh, for the con this weekend. Come see us. We'll be at the SCN Fan Movie Table on and off. There's going to be a bunch of us. Come say hi. We're premiering the movie as well. So. Come see it. Yeah, definitely. Come, come shed some. Definitely go. Come have some emotions with us. Hmm. So go, go check out the movie. They're giving out swag bags to the first 250 people, and the swag bags is going to have some really cool stuff in them. So if you're going to Vegas Con, definitely get your ticket and go to that. You're, you won't be disappointed. Yep. Okay. And now we even have a we even have a special what? thing in the swag bag. So. We even have a little yes. thing in the slide bag from Winchester Bread. Yes, there's a there's a there's a, a a nice little present from us, and it saves you money. Spoiler. So, <laughs> so now Sounds I think we're good. all done. I'm sad I can't be there. Anyway, I'm the, well, I'm the only one of us that's going to be there. So, but there will be other people mm-hmm. who helped make this movie happen. That will be floating around. Um, so yeah. Oh, also, Great. one more thing. 
my friend Denise will have a vendor's table there as well, and I'll be there. I'll be there helping her on and off. So come say hi and come pick up some really. She does fantastic, and she does multi fandom stuff as well. So come say hi. She'll be the woman with the red hair and the adorable ornaments. Come say hi to us. <laughs> yes, and while you're there, pay money for her things because yes. there, she is a terrific yes, artist. Say hi and very talented. <laughs> Yes, say hi and buy things. That's 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 the best. It's Vegas. For anybody who has ever seen the picture of the painted the painted canvas of it's like blue and purple of Sam and Dean's silhouettes on the Impala um, Mm -hmm. that Jared signed, and everyone talks about how he liked it. She's the one who did that, and it's you know some fan art that the actress has seen and really like as well. So. Mm. And she did a new thing uh, that Sam and Dean and the Impala with the mountains in the background, and it's just it's yes, that one's too, really so. pretty as well. So yes, and yep. and you can sorry, have... and of course Jody will be there as well. So come say hi to Jody and buy things from Jody. Yeah, she Jody for love Jody as well. Yes, yes, we love Jody. Oh, right. Don't put your money. I'm, Don't put your money I'm in the slot put machines. In. Put it in Jody and and Denise's tables. <laughs> I bought one of the Scully necklaces since I named it, and Jody, um, she created a Scully necklace, and I bought it, and I and I paid uh, I paid a little bit extra to get a really long chain. I lost it at Nashville. I was so <gasps> I know. So Jody said she'd make me another one, but yeah, so disappointed. That's a bummer. Well, I have her yeah. Meg. I have her Meg piece, and I love it, and I will be likely wearing it because it goes with one of the outfits I'm taking. Mm. I have her so, real She's very gorgeous, too. Yes. She also oh. made me a really nice custom Werther's, uh, Werther's Project piece that's uh, not quite wearable because it's quite large and, like, multi-piece, but I have it on display. So, yes, she's very talented. Mm. We have very talented friends uh, in, mm-hmm. very, very, in lots of different mediums, jewelry, uh, painting and audiovisual ornaments. So, yeah, uh, movies. Come see us in Vegas. Come hang out. Come say hi to me. Come say hi to all our friends. And I promise I'm not actually scary in real life. So say hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Anything else? No, we're really done this time. I promise. Okay. Thanks, everybody, who listened tonight. Hope you enjoyed the discussion of Beyond the Mat. Uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, we are Supernaturals on a bit of a hiatus, and that means we are, too. For podcast, uh, Supernatural returns March 23rd and uh, with an episode, so we will be podcasting again after that. Uh, that's it. Thanks again, and good night. We'll let the boys. Play us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.